Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. <laughs> guys this is kaylee mcmahon you are tuning into the number one leading ladies podcast this is a podcast by women for women and what we focus on in this podcast is mind expansion if we don't expand our minds and if we don't dream big then we can't set big goals and we will not make big achievements that is the main focus of this as well as being able to help women work with each other to be able to lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. Hey there, everybody. This is Kaylee McMahon, and we've got a special guest for today. Very excited for many different reasons. Um, so Kata Walters is our guest name today. I'm going to let her introduce herself. She's got so many cool things that are very unique in the multifamily industry and in the real estate industry. And again, I won't do her justice. So Kata, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Hi, guys. Thanks for watching. Um... I'm from New Zealand. Um, originally, I've been in the States for 10 years. Um, I got into real estate investing uh, only three years ago. Um, I'm self-employed. Um, I just took over self-managing, and I'm about to move across the country. So <laughs> that sums it up in a, in a nutshell really quickly. But, um, yeah, some, some different... Um, a few different things, you know, my case is a little different than your traditional real estate investor. Um, also being a woman, of course, um, which is a big deal. Go, go women investors. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit about me. Like, yeah. Okay. Very cool. So, um, what, what caught my attention um, at first, and then it took for a minute for me to kind of pay attention to some of your content. You're, you're really good at kind of, uh, documenting the process, if you will. Um, right. Is my screen working? Yes. Um, documenting the process as you go and even the dirty stuff and even the, the icky, you know, so one of the big things that we always talk about, um, on this podcast, the book that I'm writing, it'll, it'll be on there. 
um, is to talk a little bit about, you know, the stuff that people don't want to talk about. So for example, when you're starting a business, you know, depending on what type of business it is, it doesn't matter. There's always a point in time where, you know, you know, you're taking out uh, money on credit cards, you know, to, to get a deal done, your first couple of deals or something, or you're living with your parents, or uh, you're definitely like working different, different jobs at the same time. Um, and so a lot of people think entrepreneurship is this really pretty shiny thing, you know, and you get all this time to do whatever you want. But in reality, I mean, I think, it's just very different. So there's always a point of struggle, 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 and then you start getting some traction and then kind yeah. of learn a more efficient way to do it. What would you say is your way or has been your lesson to get that traction going and how did you kind of come out on the other side from the beginning? I think, you know, in the beginning for me, so I'm a model. I, I, um, I work long days on set. I've actually retired more recently to focus more on real estate um, so in the beginning for me, managing my time and just being able to handle everything, you know, the numbers on deals, I was, I'm, I was new, you know, three years ago. I mean, I'm still learning everything now, still, I'm still learning, I'm still learning as I go. Um, but I guess finding the time to run the numbers on deals, research the markets, um, try and figure out where I was going to get funding from and learning, you know, the loan process. So like I said, being a model, I'm on set. I can't be on my phone. I would try and rush at lunchtime to, like, I was on Zillow and, you know, just trying to figure everything out. Um, so as I've grown my portfolio, um, I have 30 units now. Um, I do a few flips. Like I said, I'm self-managing now. Um, just kind of building the systems, trying to get better at delegating and, and assigning my time better because I get pulled in every direction. I wake up in the morning at, at, at like 6 or 7 a.m. and I'm like, okay, I have a reasonable day today. Maybe I'll be able to exercise. Maybe I'll be able to look for another deal. Maybe I can do a post on Instagram. And then as the day unfolds, I have a plumber calling. A tenant locks themselves out. You know, it's like another deal comes on. I want to I look at the numbers on that. So I literally, you know, when I spoke to you before, I, I just had a shower and it's 4.47 p.m. So time, time is, time is, is very limited for, for real estate investors, right? When we're still trying to build everything and like do everything on our own as well. Um, so like I said, I'm still, I mean, I've only just taken over self-management, you know, like two months ago. So I'm still trying to settle into building the systems mm -hmm. in order to be able to continue to function on a normal level instead of just being spread like really thin at the moment um, and have all these plates spinning. I feel like I'm in the circus or something, you know. Um, luckily, I'm not modeling at the moment. I don't know if that's lucky or unlucky because, um, you know, the, the income is great. As you know, we, we, it's great to have as much income as possible, right, to be able to get loans and to keep the banks happy. Um, but with COVID, it's been difficult with work. So I've been able to kind of throw myself into real estate mm -hmm. full, full time, um, partly choice, partly just necessity also. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of rambling, but systems time just trying to figure out systems for time right now and, and to get everything done you know what has been one system that you've implemented that you think uh has made a big difference 
delegating tasks that take too long mm-hmm. that can easily be done by someone else. Yeah. Um, I think, and in the beginning, that was really hard for me to be like, oh, do I need help? Is it okay to ask for help? Is, is asking for help going to make me look like I'm weak or I can't handle it or I'm not succeeding? But I think just being okay with being like, you know what, I can have someone print my water bill notices and put them, go to the post office and do that for me, you know, even though I kind of like to do everything myself and I'm kind of like super hands-on. It's just, again, we come back to that time. There's just not enough hours in the day to get everything done. Yeah. And I think, you know, just having, asking for the help, paying someone to do those tasks that are just, scale, you know, easy to, to scale and just send off and someone else can do it, you yeah. know? No, absolutely. That's, that's, and you're creating jobs too. Yep, yep. <laughs> Small jobs, but it's a step in the right direction, right? Those will scale, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm going to kind of veer from our traditional questions we usually ask because you've got kind of a lot of experience in just different areas and where you're at right now. What's cool is that we've had um, interviews with ladies who are just getting started in multifamily, ladies who right. are in Seattle and they only buy fourplexes. I mean, just different different things, you know? So I think that what you're buying is kind of within a range, but each of them are different and unique. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we asked that question in the beginning, you know, that hump over you're getting over in your business. What's the biggest thing? And then kind of what's the solution to that? Uh, cause everyone's struggling probably with the same problem at some level. Um, yeah. then the next question that we like to ask, um, is probably what has been, um, your biggest lesson. Biggest lesson would be what's been my biggest lesson. I guess just not just taking people's word, like, um, I don't know how to word it really, but I think, especially in the beginning, I was very trusting and someone would tell me this is a great deal or, oh, the water bills aren't going to be much on that place because I have a place down the street or, oh, I know the owner of this place. He does a lot of, he, he, he handles maintenance well. And the, the fact of the matter is after I've closed on several properties, these things, I mean, it's just like people will say one thing, but I really needed to learn. And I learned that quite early on, just go deeper and do my own fact checking on everything, all the deals, you know, don't just trust that someone's going to have your best interests. Um, I mean, it, it, it seems kind of sad, doesn't it? But um, I guess I'm also very trusting and I, I, I'll have a conversation with someone and they'll tell me one thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. That's exactly, I'm sure that's exactly how it is. But I've learned to really dig a lot deeper and really, you know, fact check everything that I hear and make sure that I understand. And if if I want to see the water bills, I shouldn't just take someone's word that the water is that much. Do you know right. what I mean? Just yeah. just kind of small things like that. Yeah, um, your due diligence although, is huge. I'm sure if if we did this again in like a couple of weeks, I'm sure there's several lessons in the back of my head that I could share with the viewers that I know I've I've had a lot of lesson learning. Yeah. Um I just can't think what else straight off the top of my head, but that would be a that would be a big one. A big one. I mean I'm guilty of yeah. that too. I mean even still now. Now and now I'm like, no 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 no. Even in my industry it's getting smaller because multifamily I don't want to talk about me, but basically I agree with you and I, I echo that, you know, even now, unless I've talked to like two people who have hired, yeah. had them do the work and then they, that person has paid them 
then I'll listen to exactly them. because I'm exactly. like, you know, did they deliver? Did you not pay? Like, you know, at the end, what, what happened, you know? Yeah. Cause the end is like the, yeah, the hard part most of the time. Exactly. Also just quickly, if yeah. I could add, I've noticed, you know, self-managing now property managers taking the property manager's word for it, that stuff is being done yeah, and that maintenance is being taken care of and repairs, you know, and I've never, I've never second guessed my property manager in the past, but now that I'm self-managing, I see a lot of issues in a lot of my properties that should have been fixed Mm -hmm. or weren't fixed right. And I should have been more on top of that, I think. But again, I trusted them. They said they were taking care of the properties. The properties were cash flowing. Everything's great until I take it over and I get a plumber in to check a leak in the basement. And I'm like, what on earth has been going on here for the last like two years? You know, so again, trust, just believing people at, you know, what they say right off the bat, but not really researching into that. So, right. I I second you. Absolutely. Um, now, so we have like, obviously our biggest lessons that we learn in the industry. And sometimes they, uh, you know, it sounds like you're very resilient. So it probably was a situation where you're like, okay, well, let's just pivot this and turn it into profit. And it's not the end of the world. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, I feel like in real estate, right. Even the worst things that happen, the, the biggest lessons that we learn, and I'm learning a lot right now, just with management, mm-hmm. um, it makes us better and I'm learning and I, I know I, I won't do that that way again or like I won't handle that situation that that way so even the hardest things still have a silver lining so I feel like we can learn so much from it yeah and it's just part of it I love real estate so much that I don't even I I've there's been a few tears shared over the years you know um and it's hard and it it doesn't always go to plan there's no guarantees right in real estate ever but I think even the hardest parts teach me something and I just kind of thrive off that and I'm like right I'm gonna do this better yeah exactly Um, as long as I don't do it twice if I do it if I do it twice I'm mad at myself but So that's one thing that, you know, you're right, you know, in anything in life is I think if you're learning and you're progressing, I mean, a lot of people are too scared to even get started. And so they'll pay for these ridiculous programs that, you know, there goes 30K, there goes 50K, there goes this, that and the other. And mm-hmm. honestly, the first deal that I ever screwed up, which is the first deal I ever did uh, in single family, and then it turned into rental or whatever, long story short, was just yeah. that the price that I lost, the price that I paid, which was basically a net 10 grand that I missed on estimating and whatever is all it was. Right. Yeah. It got made up by flipping the investment strategy, flipping the exit strategy. You always have a couple different options, you know. Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. Cool. It's a cash flowing asset that's added to the SREO or statement of real estate owned. So, you know, yeah. 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 Similar world. thing with me. My first property, I didn't know what I was doing. I paid asking price in a super hot market. Cash flow was horrible. Um, I held it for two years and then I recently sold it for a good profit. Yeah. I mean, it was in Texas. It, it all worked out. I That's wouldn't funny. say it was, it was a great deal, but it got me going yeah. and you have to just take that first step. Kind of get people's attention. You know? Hey, I'm buying, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Now on top of your biggest lesson, what would you say so far has been your biggest win? Biggest win was, I think, it's still my first commercial property and I know it's small stuff. Um, it was a mixed use five unit building. I got it for 125,000 super cheap. 
it has yeah. been amazing. Um, the reason I, I actually, uh, I, you know, I sold the property in Texas that I just mentioned and I was like, right, I have to make some cash flow somewhere. So I'm going to reinvest this money immediately into something really great. And I was looking for a while and then this property popped up and I was like, I don't know anything about mixed use buildings. It was my first commercial property. I had a newer LLC. I'd never applied for a commercial loan at that point. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a shot and I'm just going to dive into this and make it happen. Um, and it's been one of my my highest cash flowing it's been a, a dream of a property to manage. It's worth at least three times that amount. Um, and I think that was a big win for me because it really, I stepped well out of my comfort zone. I was still super new. Um, I jumped straight into this commercial. Like I said, I know it's small. It's only five units, but there's like a store and, you know, the apartments in the back. But um, it was a big deal for me. And I think it opened my eyes up to commercial financing Yep. looking at more commercial property, the mixed use element. Um, so, yeah, I think that's still one of my biggest wins so far. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to uh, ask you at some other point in time about mixed use because I'm kind of thinking that, you know, doing a multi on t- like kind of like this, but not with the garages in the back, but instead like um, med- yep. medical offices, uh, food, you know, yeah. uh, grocery store, something's not going to go away. Um, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, I do commercial, um, purchases right now, but it's a different, yeah. So I'll have to ask about that at some other time. Right. Right. And now that we have like a few minutes left, like 10 minutes, yep. this is kind of great. <laughs> Cause I talk so much. I'm sorry. No, guys. you're so to the point. Like I've had so many guests, including myself that just kind of squirrel, you know, like just go off on a tangent. So you're a very succinct answerer, which is great. Um, good, good. So that, that means we would do business really well together because I'm very much like, especially an email, A, B, C, done. You know what I mean? Like, move on. Yes, yeah, yeah. And some people are like, whoa, you know, anyway. Um, so I guess if we have a little bit of time to talk a little bit about you, um, what attracted me to your social media and to getting to know you a little bit better was the fact that you are very feminine and uh, in modeling, you know what I mean? So that was something right. that... Um, I, I'm still in my head trying to figure out uh, personally what I consider a strong woman, what's, what is strength to me. And so growing up um, in the Northwest, Pacific, uh, Pacific Northwest, camping a lot, you know, kind of growing up with the things that I did, I actually associated being very feminine with being weak. And now that I'm an adult, I'm relearning all of that and learning that that's right. not necessarily the truth. Um, right. but there are a lot of very strong women out there that don't need to take away their femininity and they're able to still be successful just like you are. Um, right. so, you know, you being a model, that's also the other side of things. So you're not taking away your femininity, but on, in addition to that, I think that you can influence and you probably already are young individuals who are new to an industry where you're making a decent amount of money. And instead yeah. of, um, blowing that money on, you know, drinking or, or whatever, you know, I don't, I don't know what models do for fun. What do young people ex- do these Exercising, days? <laughs> you know, what, whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you can actually at least take at least a portion of it and invest it into things that cash flow. 100%. Yeah. I see it every time when my investors start getting checks. They're like, all right, what else you got? You know what I mean? Because they don't have to work for it. It just comes to you, you know? Um, so exactly, I really, yeah. I really love that about, so that's all the things that attracted me to you. What, um, how did that happen? Like being in modeling and investing, like the interest and how did that happen? Um, I think it, it, it came out of, I think I've always loved real estate. Um, my father 
as he retired from his um you know w2 job back in the day he was a he sold large farms in new zealand so he was kind of doing it on the side part-time i've always been obsessed with buildings and real estate and like early on in my 20s I even looked at like a warehouse and I had this dream to convert it into apartments I did not have the money I don't know where I got the idea that that would be a good idea but I mean nothing happened of course because I didn't have the confidence to actually pursue it but I've always had a thing for real estate 100% like looking back now um I lived in Japan for 10 years I was modeling full-time there on contract I moved to New York when I was 30 and it was really hard for me to get settled here and 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 make a living and i burnt through a lot of i burnt through all of my savings basically through my 30s just living in new york yeah not modeling much yeah um that was a massive wake-up call i was able to get back on my feet and i started modeling again um and had a like two or three strong years and i was like right i have this small amount of money saved I'm self-employed. I don't have a retirement plan. I don't have a 401k. This is it. So I either start a business. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. um, Or I try and figure out how to make this amount of money work for me, but still be involved in something that I want to do. And I mean, I tell a story all the time, but cut a long story short, I was at the dentist getting a really expensive root canal there was a Forbes magazine, it, there was an article and it just stood out to me and it said why investing in rental properties is, you know, why everyone should do this because of the tax advantages and just, pat, you know, income. And it caught my eye and I was like, I have to try and figure out how to do this. Um, and as a foreigner, of course, so I'm a green card holder, but I'm not a citizen. Um, I was like, if I can get a mortgage, maybe this is something that I could sustain through the years as I get older and I can't model forever. Right. Um, and like I said, my back was kind of against the wall. And I, it was that, it was that moment where I was like, I'm in my mid thirties and I need to do something with this last bit of money that I have and make it work. Yeah. And it was kind of just a wake up call. And I, and, you know, combining my love for real estate and, being able to use those resources from my modeling career that I nearly, like I said, I nearly burnt through all of, um, that kind of just made sense. And then I did one and then I was like, I quickly saw how I, you know, I could accumulate passive income, not so passive at the moment because I'm managing, but nevertheless, I don't have to go into an office and do a nine to five, you know? So, I mean, Again, the thing is, I wish I had known this sooner. I wish I'd had someone to help me get into real estate sooner when I had the money back in the day in my 20s when I was making money. Um, I would love to be able to help more other models get into real estate passively yeah. because it's the best thing that you could do. Um, so, I yeah. guess, what would that- you say to your... 20 some odd self that, you know, you're starting to ramp up your career and make good money that you think, you know, maybe a diagram or something that you could have seen or someone, you know what I mean? Like what, what would you have used? Like if somebody that was you is watching this right now, what would you think would have at least gotten your attention for a second? Oh, I mean, I think it's just, you know, I was attracted to the stock market 
because people have kind of said that's what you do with money when yeah. you have some or like you put in a savings account but you have no control over it it's not stable i would say i would draw a, a diagram i'm a i'm horrible at drawing but i would i would just put houses it, it's like monopoly it's like the nice thing about real estate is it's it's you can stand on it it's land you own it they they're not making any more of it it's it's a stable investment you can have other professionals help you like you you know help you manage it and and do all the hard work and you can sit back and just own a piece of something that you can touch that's not going to crash um i think i would just make a really pretty picture of it with some models and some houses and just some dollar signs or something i mean it's not i i just I wish my eyes had been open to it in my 20s. You know, yeah. I wish I could go back. Yeah, and um, I was I was stubborn, honestly, putting myself in that age bracket or whatever, being in sales. I mean, I was really good at it. Don't get me wrong. So that was why it was kind of hard to kind of like, you know, modeling. You're good at it. You're like, well, what, what else do I need? I'm good at this. But exactly. it doesn't yeah. last forever. Like, so it's ne- that's it never, the other thing. It never hurts to have an extra 3500 a month or another 10000 bucks a month. I mean, it doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, yeah, because you might break your leg or, you know, like, who knows, you know? So uh, I would have probably said, um, like, look at these individuals who are the wealthiest people on earth and what they're able to do with their money. You know, they're able Good to point. Yeah. have um, family offices and things like that that are able to give back. And you can't give back if you don't have money, honestly. And you can't yeah. give back yeah. physically if you don't have the time to do it. And, you know, anyway, so uh, it's the quickest wealth builder. I mean, real estate's not exactly. something to look over. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I used to think it was like a salesy thing and I was like, wait a sec. No, I do sales like this. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's not at all. And I'm amazed at how many people don't understand. Um, but I mean, when I first figured it out myself, I was like, am I in some kind of secret society? Yeah. Like, Why isn't everyone investing in real estate? The tax benefits, the, you know, I mean, it's just like an endless amount of amazing reasons why you should own real estate yeah. I mean it just kind of makes sense but you know a light went off in my head but like I said it, it was it wasn't until my mid-30s so um that's unfortunate but I'm making up for it now well I know people in their 50s 60s that have never gotten there so I mean anyone who listens you know I'm trying to kind of poke poke it a little bit for me actually yeah. when I went to Australia uh, by myself and lived in a car for two weeks, like two years ago or three years yeah. ago, whatever it was. Um, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad for the first time, and I was like, "I mean, oh. that was my first book, <laughs> exactly." Oh, okay. So you get four red houses, and then you get the big green hotel. Oh, okay. Like yeah. see, I was great at Monopoly as a kid too. I'm surprised I didn't. I didn't think more about that. You know, um, I oh, hate playing Monopoly now. By the way, yeah, yeah. You're a kid. <laughs> yeah. This frame is taking yeah. four hours. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess uh, in the Rich Dad Poor Dad, I, it's actually kind of hard to grasp, especially if you're a really small kid or young kid. But uh, yeah. they have a cash flow uh, game that I've played. But it's kind of hard to grasp because some of your positions are you're an attorney. And it, it doesn't right. need to be a certain profession. What they're trying to show you is the type of profession you have might be lucrative for what you're making that year or like right. what your tax advantages are that year. But the one that at the end of it that's playing comes out on top is the one that it's long-term steady growth. So even when yeah. you see your uh, net that you're making on an in- a rental, if it's like, oh, I get 100 net, great, keep, go- keep going. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's awesome to hear from you, you know, that you've been able to have that light bulb, have that moment, and then you're influencing other individuals, you know, that are, are models or that are young women. That's awesome. I, I really try to get it across that, like, if I can get started in real estate, woman, foreigner, self-employed, didn't have a W-2, so I had 1099, very fluctuating income, still managed to get started, still managed to get loans, young credit history because I only moved to the States 10 years ago. So that was another thing. So it's all these ro- all these roadblocks kind of against me that a lot of people be like, oh, but I don't have great credit or, oh, I don't have that much saved. I can't get started or, oh, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to college. I didn't even finish high school. I left a year early to start modeling overseas. So, and I just spat. Um, so I, I try to, I try to really get that across. Like if I can make that happen, anyone can do it. And now I have 30 properties. I can live off the income. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm still building and learning, but you have to make that first step. And, and there are people that will help you do it as well. Well, I want to get a little technical. I've got like a couple of minutes, if that's okay. We have about four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so how did you do that? You know, literally, in the process of I'm getting a roadblock of, you know, not having credit, enough credit. I'm getting a roadblock of not being a citizen. I'm get- How did you get through each of those barriers? What resources did you need? So what I did was um, I, I talked to a loan officer and I said, right, I had, I had two years of like a good income through modeling. And he said, we need to try and get as many loans done in your personal name while you can off this income because anything before that we couldn't have used because it was terrible. And moving forward, I knew work wasn't going to be as good going forward. So we had to push through as much as we could within yeah. that kind of time frame. Um, I used private money later on, of course, um, in order to scale as soon as I ran out of my own um, savings I, I brought in private money. Uh, my husband's mum was my first private private lender. Um, she awesome. loaned me eighteen thousand for a down payment on a property um, back in my humble beginnings. Um, and the credit, I mean, it, I, I extended credit lines, so I tried. You know, I paid all my credit down. I stayed off my credit cards. Um, basically, just squirreling every no more shopping, squirreled everything away, tried to make my bank accounts look decent and manageable. Luckily for me, the market that I was targeting, all the properties are under a hundred thousand. So I wasn't trying, I wasn't dealing with like 500, $600,000 loans or anything. So it was a manageable, manageable amount for the budget that I had. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then, you know, slowly seller financing, of course, some creative financing, which is great when your credit's not strong or okay. you've, you're trying to build it back up. So meaning um, that but definitely, they financed it to you? They, so the I'll buy a property, they hold the, yeah, the mortgage no. for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, they don't run my credit in that way and then it's not, you know, it's just kind of easier um when you're starting. So, Hey, I still um, do that multifamily. I'm like, are they willing to sell or carry? Yeah. A portion of it. Okay, great. That means I only have to get 60% LTV and then they'll cover the remaining on. I mean, it's still great. Right. I mean, I just put another property under contract 
seller financing. I paid a little more than I probably would have liked to right. if I had just gone to the bank and got a loan. Um, but I have zero interest. I'm just paying him a principal. Um, so yeah, creative financing and then just kind of working with what you can do because everything, you know, especially with these creative financing and there's so many lenders out there, there's ways to get things done. You just have to work within, work with what you have yeah, and just start somewhere and then just grow from there. And it, it gets easier. The yeah. first ones are kind of harder. Yeah. Um, did you have to you know, get a co-signer for anything even once you say did the seller financing and maybe got your first uh, I I didn't have to get a co-signer um, and I'm quite happy with that because I've I'm kind of I kind of I'm very like oh I want to do everything on my own although now to yeah. be honest I'm way more open to partnering syndication I feel like I've got to that point where I'm like okay I've managed to do this on my own but in order to get to grow even further it would be nice to bear the burden with some other people and do some things together you know yeah um but yeah I had to to do my first deal I had to get a co-signer and I actually I didn't have to have to but what ended up happening was uh, it was actually a guy I was dating at the time, and they wanted right. three more months of income. And so I said, okay, well, we'll just wait, you know, to buy this house. And they're like, it won't be around in three months. So without telling me, he co-signed on it, and the banker was his friend. So he was like, it's fine. You know, you, this guy's got, like, hundreds of properties, you know. So I was right, like, right. I really didn't want you to do that. But, you know, whatever. Once you refight out, he's out of it anyway. But, you know. yeah. You do what you can. Yeah. And I think the cool thing with real estate is everything, you you can figure it out. Like everything is, um, what's that word? Like, you you know, you can change it. Everything's um, negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, And I've really enjoyed, you know, making the move into, you know, when I started my LLCs and then moving into the commercial financing. Yeah. Way better so much easier they don't ask me what i had for breakfast yeah and (laughs) why were you gambling it's like what (laughs) what yeah i know um and recently you know we my husband and i have a owner occupied property under contract in california and we're waiting to close on it but i really i was just so drained by the underwriting process and they wanted everything and like i really do not enjoy conventional financing um we managed to get it done of course but i i can't wait to do another commercial loan where they're like how's the property you know how's the it's just it's more on the property it's not like my personal yeah dti income you know or sorry debt to income ratio for anyone that's listening yeah because i've even had problems refi cashing out you know single families i've had and it's not a big deal on like these large multifamilies. they go by the income of the property versus my income and the way that yeah. I structure my income, you know, it goes in certain buckets like K-1 income and things like that. So it doesn't look like I have income, but I have income. You know, it's yeah. just not taxable because of the way we're structuring it. So A hundred percent. Same with modeling, you know, like I had an S-corp set up for modeling to to help with, um, you know, all the, the self-employed employment taxes and everything. Um, and so on paper, I was you know, all my expenses, I had to make myself look good. So I get to write all that stuff off, you know, but like on paper, it doesn't look like I made much at all there for a while. So it is difficult with that. um, 
but you find the right banker. And I like working with smaller banks, yep. smaller yep. local banks that are local to where I'm buying properties because they understand better. Yeah. You know, so um, I always tell people don't go to the big banks, like go and, you know, try and get less down. You know, I have a lot of people that come to me and they're like, oh, I went to Wells, I went to Chase and they're making me put 30% down on this duplex. And I'm like, go to a local bank. You know, nothing against Chase. I love Chase. I do business with Chase, but not mortgages. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, the local the local banks I've had more luck with getting, you know, having to put less down and better terms. I agree. So, yeah. so uh, for anyone that is listening or reading this, um, how so if someone's got a question about going through the same things that you've already been through, kind of wanting to either learn from you or like shadow you or uh, find more of your content to kind of because you document the whole process um, or like for me, I try to. you do. And so for me, I'm in Phoenix right now and we're going to go tour one of my properties here. We just had a big fire, you know, so we're going to go the adjuster. Oh, no. It happens, whatever. Um, Insurance. Nobody died. You know, there's a $2 million Good. check right Good. there. So it's $2 million added to the valuation right there. Um, yeah. So <laughs> at a, what would be like closer to a five cap right here. Cause it's, I mean, it's really gotten compressed since we bought it, but, um, yeah. so if someone needs resources, so what we're doing is touring that, you know, with someone who does more of like five plexes, 18 plexes, whatever, you know, and she's like, I want to walk one, uh, something like right. that, you know, how could somebody get a hold of you or ask questions and be able to be respectful of your time? I, I, you know, one of my favorite things is just helping people. So I try to at least every day respond to as many um, DMs through my Instagram. Yeah. Just, and just kind of help people out, you know, especially those interested in my market. Yeah. Um, I'm not as experienced with other markets, of course, but I find most people kind of reach out as far as, um, oh, I'd like to get into single family or the smaller multi stuff or I'm interested in Syracuse, New York, which is where I invest. Yes. Um, but I just tell people, send me your questions, reach out, ask me, I'll get back to you. I've got back to every single DM that someone sent me. And I really try to set that time aside every day. It's part of my time scheduling. I'm getting better at it. Um, to, to just help someone because yeah. I didn't really have that when I started and I realized it, I can make a difference, um, you know, with the, the newer investors, just giving them that extra little push or just to kind of a little support, a little hand on the, on their back, you know, like you can do it. I mean, um, so I, yeah, I just DM my Instagram at the model investor at the model dot investor. Um, and I'll get back to them and, and help them. I, I'm not on site often because I'm out of state. So I'm, I'm an out of state investor. Um, so I, until I move to California where I plan to hopefully do some flips or something where I can finally have the dream of being able to drive on site and walk a property yeah. while it's getting done. Um, right now, you know, it's not like I can meet up with someone and be like, let's go look at my rentals in Syracuse because it's like five hours away. But um, as far as questions on how to get started or like just advice, DM through the Instagram is the best way. We'll take care of everyone. You're awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for spending your time and your effort and your energy. I know it's spread everywhere right now. Um, and so right <laughs> Can exactly. You tell? 
<laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I was going to say, like, right now where I'm at, it's hot, so I'm just doing the, the bun thing because it's easy. And that's another funny thing about being a woman, oh, you know, in this industry. Like, for me, I mean, I don't wear any makeup. Like, I have me my... Me either. Yeah, I have You've my... You've got great skin, by the way. Thank you. I've got my eyeliner tattooed on and my eyebrows tattooed on, and I don't do anything else because it's just, like, you know, and then put your hair in a bun because you kind of have to... Yeah not play with the boys but like i have to have enough of my me time to work out and do the things i need so i mean i'm going to cut the other time out of doing my hair you know like exactly <laughs> exactly i usually try and do my nails but that's kind of fallen by the wayside at the moment but um yeah I'm yeah. going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. That's yeah. what that's what I should do for like sessions of someone who wants to sit down and like, you know, they say pick my brain. I'm like, let's go get our nails done. Like, let's do get your nails done. I mean, that's smart. Yeah. You know, you can't get a massage because it'll be too mumbled, but get your nails done. That's a good one. Get your nails done. I'm going to remember that. Multitasking. I like that. Yep, well, I appreciate yep. your time today. Thank you so much, you know, for tuning in. Uh, you're, you're on East Coast time. I'm on Pacific Coast time right now. Um, and yep. I actually look forward to kind of following you some more and seeing uh, a little bit of the progression, how it changes as this market changes, because that's always the next step to learning is the market changes, you know? Right, so. right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it'll be interesting driving across country heading over to the West Coast, but planning to still self-manage my properties on the East Coast. So I'll be getting up at like 4 a.m. California time, I think, just to take care of everything. But it'll be interesting, and I think I can handle it. We'll see. Absolutely. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today and for reading this chapter um, of our lives and some really great lessons and some wins that we've had. And I look forward to seeing y'all um, either next week on the podcast or in the next chapter of the book. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to Number One Leading Ladies, a podcast for women by women. If you would like to get in contact with us at The Apartment Queen, you can email us at admin at The Apartment Queen. You can also set up a phone call and call us at 469-990-4627. If you would like any further information about future projects coming up, whether it is with our residential brokerage or with the apartment queen itself, investing in apartments, all you have to do is schedule a time to talk with us. Talk soon. See you next week. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.